In this episode, we're chatting about how the challenges facing digital media will affect brands and how content marketing is the answer. Data privacy concerns are forcing platforms to restrict targeting capabilities in advertising. And brands will certainly feel the impact. And that's on top of keeping up to date with the many platform changes and tactics at marketeers' disposal. But not to worry, Joshua Tunbridge, Head of Client Services at Crunch Digital Media, is the perfect guest to help us unpack this for you. Let's get on with the chat. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time out. No, no, you're busy and stuff. But what part of the um, what part of the country are you uh, uh, zooming I, in from? <laughs> I, I'm in the valleys, uh, which is glorious sunshine at the moment. You obviously you can't tell can't tell the, the Welsh the Welsh location by my accent, but I'm uh, based just in between um, probably Swansea and Neath. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, as is often the case down in. Um, in Enfield in North London so weather is good as well and uh yeah thanks yeah thanks for say thanks for joining I, I was, you know, I've known known Crunch Digital for a number of years in fact when I was at Habas you know you even did quite a few campaigns for us at the time before we set up our own kind of internal capability and um and I was seeing content from you guys on LinkedIn and I think I saw presentation or a white paper or something i can't remember what it's like right i've got got to you know chat with chat with uh with josh so so the i think the idea is is that you know i was like you know we talk a lot about content on this podcast understandably considering it's called the employer content marketing pod and um i think you know the role of paid media is obviously really really important you know and used to be the case where we say well you know reach those hard to reach people and you argue that actually they're not so hard to reach now you know really it's about because of that capability to reach people it's about the targeting and it's about the content that's 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 a really important thing so so let's just start off with a bit of a intro about yourself and uh tell us tell us your name and you know what you do Sure. Um, so my name's Josh. I'm director of client services over at Crunch. So mm. I see a lot of the strategical thinking that comes out of the business, whether that can be paid media or looking at overarching marketing and business strategy, working with clients. So I've been with the agency three and a half years. Actually, probably more like three years. It's my three, three years. Three, um, actually, coming up quite soon, so I have to remind them. Uh, congrats. But um, but my background before was e-com as well. So I had a really, really nice kind of um crm real focus there um mm. extreme extreme sports brand down in bristol um nice. and that marketing masters as well so kind of and before that shop boy so from the from the steady heights of selling Ager bonds to running kind of large digital marketing campaigns with clients is kind of where i've got to so it's a nice place to be. well you kind of that's a that's a sales apprenticeship that is isn't it really you know do it <laughs> you know it's a properly at the coal face, you know, approach <laughs> it's a, it's good to get earn your stripes that way. I think definitely gone. Gone are the days of the hen parties and more the uh, the more corporate conversations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Still trying to find the how the two can cross over in that kind of Venn diagram style. You know, there's 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 got to be an opportunity out there at some point. <laughs> got to be. Like, oh, I don't want to think about it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's yeah let let's um I think. You know, obviously, you and, and the business involved in this day in and day out, and you talk about this a lot. So, it's like you know, it's, it's really good to get you involved in this. I think 
you know, at the moment, in terms of the you know, diversity of platforms and the targeting targeting capabilities, you know, kind of what does the landscape look like at the moment from a from a paid media perspective? The, the land the landscape is actually quite challenging. You know, we're seeing a lot of platforms, you know, such as likes of Facebook and LinkedIn, really clamp down on kind of the visibility and the availability availability of targeting, um, as well as the availability of media types. So, you know, where we, especially within the recruitment marketplace, where we'd have relied very heavily on the Facebook platform, the LinkedIn platform, <clears throat> it's now getting harder to engage our users and kind of you know run advertising through there facebook has now changed their advertising policies where you've got to declare um any adverts as recruitment and once you do that once you place that category on it it automatically winds back a you know a, a huge huge amount of, kind of targeting touch points that we had previously relied on so where you have gone from having really really complex audience profile where you know we'll be trying to reach users in kind of very intelligent ways, looking at nuances, looking at behaviours, demographics, and mm. contextual advertising. That's already stripped back, I and mean, I think there's something like you know eighty to eighty-five kind of targeting categories around that. So that that that's a big big shift, especially kind of like coming out of the post-lockdown era. You know, social media is number two in ways to try and engage um, sixteen to thirty-four year olds in terms of having that that penetration and facebook is still number one on that list i think second to youtube so first first with then youtube instagram snapchat so for such a dominant uh, marketing and media buying platforms and make such drastic changes <clears throat> creates a huge amount of, of challenge for us and then mm. i mentioned linkedin at the start of that conversation linkedin's also rolling back um of media types available too so it's uh, rolled back of what we'd be familiar with as kind of in mail um, where you receive a message with it straight through to your inbox. As marketers, and as when we think about pieces of content, that's also really always been a really nice way of engaging with users because it allows you to get a, get across your message in you know in a, a block of text, but in a personal way as well, which I always think is quite a nice touch to it. And if positioned in the wrong way, and I'm sure you could advise on this, you know, the con and when the content isn't right, often they can be spammy. But if not, they do capture attention and they do really yeah. try to win and they can often have um, you know, calls to action and then you can tag on lead generation capabilities within that. So you know, both platforms that we would typically have used kind of very dominantly within kind of marketing campaigns and media plans are changing the landscape as we don't know it at the moment. Mm. You're actually in, I suppose, things like the emails on LinkedIn, it's like it's one is kind of the cherry on top it's the lot you know it's the kind of it's that's the that's the to use a gary vaynerchuk phrase you know the on his one of his books uh, that's the right hook to the jab jab jabbing you know it's the places more emphasis on the on the content in people's feeds which means actually maybe there's a demand on things being more sophisticated in terms of how you actually engage people on a platform like like linkedin and linkedin's i think changing changed considerably in terms of the content that's on there because so i think actually the people on it are more used to using social media so they use it as a social media platform as opposed to a place just to you know get hired and hire people and sell products you know so there is what about like you know what about TikTok? you know you know the TikTok often seen as being obviously very popular with with teenagers but it's not just about teenagers now as well it's it's actually the biggest growing demographics on tiktok is is like 35 
plus you know so what about tiktok yeah it's, it's massive so tiktok really kind of offers you to engage with audiences or if you think about your missed audience opportunities so research shows about 38 percent of tiktok users are not on facebook and 45 percent mm -hmm. are not on instagram so if we think back to those numbers that i gave earlier you've got a real real strong opportunity there to try and generate some penetration within the market by using a bit more of a diverse marketing mix. I think the challenge that you have with TikTok is that, again, it's very visual, which isn't so much of a challenge, but when you think of a marketing and a media and a content mix and kind of all of those blended together, in my opinion, I see a lot of engagement happening within the platform itself rather than leading to that final conversion point. So how do we blend TikTok? So the question really for marketers and media buyers is how do we blend TikTok into our marketing strategies? Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's not a bottom of the funnel conversion point yet. I know, you know, TikTok holds, you know, you've got TikTok Pixel and there's, there's ways of retargeting, but because it is so visual and it's very skip, 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 and you can flip all the way through, I see it much more as an activation point and a demand generation point mm -hmm. rather than a conversion point. So yes, TikTok absolutely uh, holds really, really nice avenues. It's ideal for raising awareness for jobs, especially with potentially lower level roles because of the casual nature of the platform. But kind of the targeting options still are quite general. So there's kind of this focus on interest-based targeting rather than if you're thinking about job title. You know, you can still geo-target, age-target, gender-target. But for it to really be effective, the content's really got to try and blend into someone's timeline to try and be effective. You know, what we're finding more and more and more is where TikTok first began as this, I think a place where you'd go there for viral trends, right? You'd kind of see kind of like these lip syncing, dancing battles, all the rest of it. People mm -hmm. are there for information. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Le learn, yeah. learn, um, learn on tiktok learn by tiktok that has a hashtag it's got billions of views and, like you know absolutely. And, and you can learn about anything like you can yeah. learn but that i i get hit with digital advertising practices and digital media and all the rest mm -hmm. of it top three tricks top three plugins to have on your chrome if you're yeah, a yeah. you know all the way down to you know gaming um, gaming information mm -hmm. walkthroughs how's you know if you look at your know, elven ring that's taken the world but gaming world by storm you've got you know X amount of tutorials and how to do this, how to do that, and then back across to how to effectively use Excel. There's the, yeah. the hashtag Excel talk, you know. Brilliant, love it. <laughs> it's so good. People are, you know, people are showing others how to, how to get the best use out of um, Excel, which is fascinating. So, mm. you know, users aren't just using TikTok anymore for that kind of high point engagement. They're looking for trusted information. Yeah. How do you natively engage in it, um, within that feed? Is it a real, real, I think, you know, uh, question point for content marketers? Because you, the media buying is only as good as the content that you compare with it. Absolutely. I think it's like, you know, TikTok focusing on kind of within platform rather than pinging people out somewhere externally is, mm. you know, is a similar thing there as to what Instagram did, as to what, you know, um, Snapchat did. Targeting capability, starting off quite, quite broad then becoming more granular that kind of is a natural thing but i think i think it's it's a good thing isn't it because clearly tiktok want to make sure that they are keeping their their users happy you know and if they're just being asked to ping somewhere else all the time then that's not that's too distracting and i think it just means that the long the long game needs to be played doesn't it which yeah. it can be this thing about well a business goes 
we need to hire these people ASAP or we need to shift this product to ASAP. But if you're doing marketing in the right way, you've got to have long game as well as short, short game. Um, and if you try and do long game on, on TikTok, unless it's very connected to one of the multiple bits of content we've just talked about, then it's not, it's not worth doing. In, in, my, in my opinion, short, short, short game is short term thinking. It just doesn't work. You find a lot of a lot of marketers because digital media gives you the benefit of being reactive. It is overplayed and it is overused. Continually chopping and changing your campaigns, the platforms do not like it. That's what the that's what the algorithms are there are built into the platforms to try and achieve. So why why are you continue? Yes, yes, to tweak it. That's uh, that's not saying that you shouldn't be optimizing. But if you, if you are continually stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting, that never lets the platform get into its flow either. And that's very short-term thinking. You've got to think about the bigger picture. You know, and you know, when we think about the bigger picture, we know that we are coming into you know challenging tracking times. We know that iOS 14 has kind of been and gone, iOS 15, we know yeah. Google is putting changes into place as well. Um, kind of like beginning of next year, where we're shifting away from traditional Google Analytics into GA4. So we know that a huge headwind is coming down the path as well in terms of you know conversion tracking. So platform media platforms' abilities to offer us as marketers diverse media types. So a range of different ways and different ways of placing content that we can engage with our users and with our audiences is really, really vital for them to stay relevant, for us to carry on spending money through those platforms. Otherwise, because the nature of the industry where you have to be so agile and you have to stay on top of digital trends, we'll just completely move, we'll, we'll, we'll move away from it. So it's as much as the platforms being innovative with their thinking and us being innovative with their innovation as anything else, that blend between the two. And you've got to have that bigger picture thinking. You can't just rely on kind of these small micro campaigns here, there, here, there, here, there. It's got to feed into the bigger picture. You know, you're your brand strategy, how you position your recruitment in when you're looking at the apprentice market, when you're looking at kind of, you know, those students coming out of university, when you're looking at those more higher tech, higher level roles, how does that all feed in together? Have you got benchmark? Have you got that kind of that sounding board, that continuity between your content and your marketing and your messaging and all that ties into the media buying as well? Yeah. And it's like it's you know, it's long, long, long gone of the days, or it still happens, but long, long gone of the days where, you know, you could get away with just running a few ads, ads rather than content, because I think they're very different things. There's a place for that, absolutely, but to run the same ad, you know, ads and just keep it running for, for weeks and weeks and weeks is just like, is absolutely, point, you know, pointless. And to mix up that content, as, as I said, you know, kind of the start is like, Audiences actually are, albeit there are no restrictions, you know, audiences have certainly easy, easier to reach than they were 10 years ago, you know, and that, so actually, if you've got that capability to reach people, you, there's a responsibility of, of you as a brand to actually reach those people with the right, with the right content, for sure. You, you, um, yeah, you've absolutely got to think of it as kind of frequency versus fatigue and I'll credit uh, Dr. Robert Angel, who is my stats lecturer back at Cardiff University. So shout out okay. to Robert if you ever listen to this. <laughs> I'll send you the link. Nice. Go on, yeah. He, he, described, he described this balance as kind of like a bell-shaped curve of fatigue versus frequency. And you're kind of like, yeah, in his opinion, and um, he runs um, he runs Market Insights, 
um, agency, you know, look at market research, in his opinion, the optimal frequency for this sits between an eight to 10. So your, you know, your ad retention will kind of slowly, slowly scale up. And if you imagine this bell-shaped curve, um, and of like reach that peak to eight, 10, and it'll drop back off again. And that's, that's where your content feeds into it. You know, you talk about micro campaigns. Well, if your micro campaign, you're going to run for two weeks, it will reach 30% of your audience once. How are you expecting to make any penetration or have any viability within the market and, yeah. actually, and actually engage with your users or get engaged with your audiences? It, it just won't happen. And mm. vice versa, if you're running these mega campaigns and you're not switching your content up, your audience will get fatigued and bored. So you've got yeah. to find that sweet spot in the middle. And you know, it's it's not you it's not good enough. You know, you, you've got to go for it's not good enough running those really, really small campaigns or those what probably lazy marketing where you're not yeah. refreshing your content and you're not refreshing that creative piece and that how you're talking to your audiences because they will just switch off. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah, totally. It's like the and so going back to what you're saying about um, platforms, because of I mean Facebook, there's a reason why they're doing it. You know, restricting the amount of you know targeting criteria because of the massive issues, reputation issues they've been facing over the years, and particularly obviously with you know lots of Cambridge Analytica, etc. There's there's a a saving face thing where they've perhaps gone. You know what? Actually, yeah, in the long term, in the short term, there might be an effect on on Ad revenue that we're generating, you know, but and share price, but ultimately long term, we've got to be making these restrictions. So, I mean, that in itself is a whole separate conversation. So I'll stop on that bit. But for me, then that's there's that thing about and we chatted about it in you know had our green room chat before we started recording is is about this the importance of building that first party um, data mm. so that then can reach the people you want to reach by retargeting um, on the platforms that also the generation through things like you know subscriptions etc absolutely it's really about being intelligent with our data and the available data points that we have the way that the the way that the industry is shifting as a whole is we're seeing seeing a twofold effect so we're seeing first of all the creation of these walled gardens within the media platforms. And by walled gardens, I mean, Facebook allows you the opportunity to re-engage based off engagement within the platform. You can re-engage someone based off 75%, uh, based off 75% of that audience watching your video. You can re-engage someone based off saving that piece of content on their Facebook page. You can re-engage someone based off um, engaging with your lead generation form if you're trying to, you know, if that's your objective and you're trying to drive applications perfect way to do it so for so for, they're really setting the benchmark there for you know re-engagement within that walled garden no longer do users need to or do you as a marketer need to rely on your website doing the heavy lifting you can create a really really effective engaging user journey and user experience within the platforms themselves because they have the ability not only to activate your audience to talk to your audience and have that first point of contact with them but also you know, drive consideration, drive, um, you know, drive your USPs home. You know, I'll, I'll focus on you on Facebook and use their their varying media types. So, you know, where you've got that Facebook video activating your audience, and then you've got an instant experience. 
which in itself you you know as a user you tap into the ads and you kind of see this kind of like almost customized landing page yeah 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 it's awesome yeah your website is no longer the be all and end all because you can create these experiences via facebook and then you can Mm re-engage based off that instant experience with a lead generation form and then very quickly you've got a really nice kind of connected journey where you're activating audiences educating audiences and then converting audiences and then all your work is done within the platform itself now the the other part the other part as you said is that first party data is making sure that kind of everything is compliant because if we're seeing that these restrictions are coming into place where targeting is limited and we can no longer kind of intelligently target using you know behavioral interests or um you know demographic interests or contextual interests via the platform we need to start relying on our first party data because ultimately that is the most important concept to us so as marketers are we thinking about our crms and i did exactly yeah yeah, how are we then feeding that back into our paid media advertising because Mm -hmm. our crm will capture all those details it will capture you know those first names last names email addresses and then you can plug that back into the media platforms Mm -hmm. like like the facebook like snapchat or whatever it may be and tell it to find tell those platforms find more people like that Mm -hmm. you can retarget those people if they haven't taken the final action you want them to take yeah. So it's all about intelligent targeting and intelligence or, or intelligent audience growth and creating longevity for us as brands because this isn't going away this is coming into place so how do we adapt to it mm-hmm. and how and how do we start to re-strategize our thinking because i don't i don't see this going you know reversing anytime soon mm-hmm. you know, really, if anything this is probably setting a precedent for the next 10 15 20 30 years of digital marketing so what are we doing now to get those into place are we being intelligent with our audience building? Are we doing intelligent with our audience compilation? And do we have the right backend procedures in place to help support that? Media buying is one cog of a huge, huge digital marketing piece here, or marketing piece in general. Are we thinking about a CRM system? Does our CRM allow us, and you know, we talked a little bit about automation, does our CRM allow us for integration with the media platforms? Mm. So that we upload those and set up automated triggers based upon events and by events i mean so say someone has say someone has come through your lead generation funnel on facebook submitted as a submitted as a lead your crm then goes there's josh he's he's, he's come here let's fire off an email email's not dead and then you've got a really nice integrated journey across different platforms multi-platforms that you'll connect that user and convert that user so it's very i think it's very exciting you know time for marketing with with these perceived kind of like all frustrations with platforms you know restricting capabilities mm-hmm. you know but but actually is you know ultimately the platforms are doing it because they want to have the best user experience for the users if they don't have that they <laughs> they have nothing you know so so i think for me it's like you know kind of what you're, you're talking about is is so spot on because it's you're talking about the principles of content marketing you know it's it's not about slinging the product or the job vacancy right at the beginning you know it's a note i've said before on this podcast and you know gas on about it a lot but this thing about the audience isn't found it's it's created you know you've seen lots of briefs over the years the target audience the target audience like always always for a number of years it's felt quite awkward saying audience because they're not your audience you know so actually what content can you create that encourages that at least 75 percent um viewing of, of video to be into the then retarget them 
how can you expect someone to to sign up um, for something so you can then get that first party data if if you're just saying come and work for us mm. or buy this product you know your content needs to work so much harder and you need to think about yeah that journey that people take from i've seen that bit of content to then giving them something else and actually you know from an employer perspective and this is why i set up the employer content marketing pod is that is that employers have such a vast array of content opportunities to do their staff and this is not just story content and no day is the same content and there is a role for that i'm being slightly kind of i'm italicizing my my, my terms when i say that but only because it's used too much but their opinions there are opinions that staff have you know they're experts at what they do you know their experiences they have which are valuable experiences that can be shared with other people you know that's the kind of content that that will encourage people to uh, absolutely and give their data up basically and and we've and we've got to consider as well that audiences care right you like audiences now care it's not we're not in this place when we look at the recruitment market as a whole where it's you can just say yeah come work for us because everyone's yeah. saying that and if everyone's saying come work for us how, how do we how, how do we diversify ourselves you know mm. the, you have a really nice a really nice stat for the grad marketplace the average employer is receiving 91 applications for every graduate role they're inside, they're, they're advertising mm. so it's the highest number of applications per hire since IFC started collecting data in 1999 so, so how do we make how do we make ourselves make ourselves stand out within the recruitment market? You know, mm -hmm. people and employers are really focused on you know so many so many different things. We've got to make sure that our content actually engages our audiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how we need to try and engage top talent. You know, talking about work life balance, talking about kind of learning and growth opportunities, talking about team culture and business values. You know, recent recent surveys. More than seventy percent of entry level job seekers value diversity over competitive salaries, and ninety eight percent of employees wouldn't work somewhere that didn't fit their values. So how yeah. do we how do we communicate those values? And that's where content really kind of what content really fits in. And you know, values are so so important. How you communicate those is so important because mm. you hire people. If you hire people based off the wrong values, you don't want your hire to fail. If someone doesn't fit your culture, it's better it's better to screen those out. You don't yeah. want to this culture of brilliant jerks as well someone who doesn't yes, yeah. can tear apart your organization and you make poor hiring decisions that'll impact the morale of your team so you've yeah, got to, you've got to connect your content with the media placement because the media placement and the media buying we're we're taking that messaging we're taking those values we're taking all that thinking and putting it in the right place in front of your audience so they've got to go intrinsically hand in hand with each other yeah, hundred percent. It's like um, now I'm going to my going to my podcast. We are recording for at the moment, and I'm trying to find my stats. Let's have a quick look. Here we go. So yeah, there was a stat from. So I used it when I I launched the podcast as kind of my the reason why I wanted to set up this podcast, and it's like. There's a massive issue. The data is, I think, it's 2017, so it's a few years old. But it's um, Gallup's State of the Global Workforce um, report, mm -hmm. and they said that 85% of employees aren't engaged or are actively disengaged at work. And like, so you know, it's, I know we only talk. Well, you could say, well, we only talk about media, but that's there's a responsibility there to make sure, as you say, you know, get the right people. You know, there's a there can be a, you know, 
things like time to hire okay that can be a has been seen as a signifier of success time to hire is really important mm -hmm. well I, yeah absolutely but is that the most important thing you know it's it's because otherwise it's just going to be you're just pushing the pain down further on it further down the line and it is more expensive because you've got to rehire somebody you've got to retrain somebody there's a whole load of costs that oh yeah attributed it and you have people who are not the right fit they just don't realize it until they've spent a few weeks months or even years at a company and the true return on investment really comes with actually where that individual is adding value to the bottom line either directly or indirectly through the way that they work with other people and you know facilitate other people to do to do that as well and and that's why you can't treat your all different audience pools as just one homogeneous group you know you've got yeah. to identify who those are and you've got to try and talk to them in intelligent ways so because if you just treat them as one blanket group there's there's so many nuances between myself you know and you say we're both going for digital marketing role i may have a very very different set of kind of traits and understanding and kind of values compared to you so mm -hmm. how do we match those and how do we communicate those um, I think that's got to be the top of marketers' list when we think about that. So how do we accurately profile as well? Because all of these feed into the media at the, at the, at the end result. The media really is, uh, I know we came here to talk about media, but you know, mar the, the marketing picture as a, as a whole is so, so broad. Media is one part of that and kind of tends to be kind of like far at the end point, but you've got to start at the beginning and you've got to think about the content first. The profiling for your audiences and then we can get then we can give you the right media to get engaged with those profiles and then we can convert them so you know yeah, what, yeah. you know it, it's really about taking that funnel all the way across totally it's that and that empathy i think is really important you know where actually we'll talk about target audience target audience and it's often seen in demographic terms you know again i've seen that in, in briefs before this is a demographic and it's one of those those psychographics as well it's really important if you could just just put yourself in the shoes of of the you know the person you're trying to get in front of then you know it's um it does change up your change up your your, your content for sure um and if you do that you'll drive maximum impact as well i know kind of marketing does come down to the bottom line quite a lot of the time if you're able to accurately profile your audiences then accurately meet those audiences with the right media placement and then convert them then rather than treating your group as that one homogeneous group, you're suddenly becoming much more ROI focused. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you think about if you if you funnel the traffic, the, the amount of traffic coming through to your website in a much more conversion focused way, because you've got the right content, you've got the right audiences, and you've got the right media, you're making better use of your marketing budget. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I don't I don't see how you can lose out of that. Yeah, absolutely. So so we're in, in terms of like the stuff you're doing for, you know, you and the business are doing for clients. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at campaigns that clients are running and you see stuff that they're doing that puts a, you and they are doing, it puts a massive smile on, on your face and the face of your, you know, your, your colleagues. Um, what kind of, what kind of content are they putting out there and, and, and what are you doing to make sure the right people, you know, reach that, see that content? Oh, that's a really, really good question. We 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 pick up briefs oh, from anything and everything from HGV drivers to tech roles. So it's it's quite it's huge, huge kind of um, ends of the spectrum. Um, I know. I think 
the the content the content does make a big difference if you're if you're there as a if you're there as a media buyer kind of sat there and kind of like you've had the brief and you you've done your media plan and you, you you're trying to be quite innovative with your thinking right you've kind of gone okay right let's look at the bigger picture facebook's giving me a challenge linkedin's giving me a challenge can we use tiktok in this picture can we look at native outlook ads can we look at um uh, audio mobile gaming to engage with commuters can we use reddit to tap into those um, kind of micro communities where we know people sit as well could we could we look at audio targeting there's so much variety there yeah content's not right you kind of just groan because you're like oh god this is awful yeah um, it's kind of square square pegs round holes isn't it if you try try yeah. and do that exactly so you know yeah. we we work across such a diverse range of kind of um recruitment roles it, you can't really put a finger on it but i know the because the, the, the we've done some really, really nice engaging campaigns via TikTok recently where they just sit really nice and natively within the platform that mm-hmm. it kind of puts a smile on your face, the content's uplifting, but also, you know, it still has the messaging there. And we've, we've seen the benefits of it. We've seen um, cost per acquisitions decrease, amounts of, um, amounts of applications rise. So it's, it's just a blend of the two. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we've done, we're doing some really, really nice work at the moment with a couple of different guys. Nice. Actually, when I saw something um, a couple of days ago where uh, um, Now TV, Sky's, you know, um, on-demand platform, live and on-demand platform, um, they someone shared something on someone I know shared something on LinkedIn, which was um, here's a TikTok from Now, and it was basically they said this costs thousands of pounds to create. And they got actors to pretend to be a dad with two sons saying um this film fast and furious one of the one of the 50 fast and furious films that are out there you know this film's on like now and the dad was going really wow great so when's it on <laughs> it was on now and basically it was really cringy so they got actors to do it you know it cost lots of money and literally if you found the right person who could do that on TikTok, it would have probably taken 10% of the time and been like have 99% cheaper. Absolutely. You know what? Yeah. We, so a really nice TikTok ad that I've seen, um, and this was kind of with HGV drivers, was a DHL driver driving along seeing Bohemian Rhapsody at the top of his lap. Yeah, nice. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like so in the moment. That's brilliant. I, it was just great. I just lo- I just loved it. And, you know, it, it just kind of, it was really nice kind of like they tied it into kind of the, the job role and available. Yeah, yeah. And, but it just felt so natural, you know. And I think forcing people into that and it just people are attuned to it. You know, I think, we, again, we spoke about our, our kids have worked out how to skip ads. My, 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 yes. son, my, son, my son's two and he's worked out how to use the tracker pad on the laptop and go, no, yeah. I don't want to see that anymore. And before they yeah. can write, you know, that's that's quite telling. You know, they can do that before they can write. Well, <laughs> no. Before he can speak at the moment. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah true, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it, it, adverts have got to connect and they've got to create resonance and they've got to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, we we touched again a little bit about kind of media automation, didn't we, and kind of media intelligence. Mm-hmm. And kind of some really nice examples of that. And kind of when you look at programmatically, it's kind of the... Um, so the British Airways ad with the child pointing at the pointing at the plane with the flight. Oh yes, yeah, Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, 
yeah, here, here, we, here we have playing, you know, XYZ from Barcelona. But then another really nice example is um, programmatically kind of using digital out of home to go um, when height, when pollen counts are really high. I can't remember what the brand was, but it comes to then push hay fever advertising in those areas. So it was geo-targeted specific to the pollen count, which now that, that is automated native advertising at its best, where you're engaging with users in a way that, you know, where you've got the right timing and the right content. And I think that's fantastic. I remember doing, uh, Havas, the media team had um, done a lot of work with Emirates Airlines and um, Emirates Airlines and, uh, in Waterloo on the big, massive display, digital display and screens that they've got. Um, when the weather was bad, they put an, they put this, run this ad, which basically telling the temperature in Dubai <laughs> and then coming up with the virtues of, you know, being in warmer climes and working in warmer climes when, uh, when you're drudging around in the wet in, you know, in London and your commutes, that was, that was the days when more people commute than they do now. But um, yeah, that contextual thing is, 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 is extremely important. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it's really nice. It's a really personal point to think about, you know, engaging with people at the right time. If we know that, you know, we've got all these tracking challenges and kind of targeting challenges, how do we become more clever and more efficient with our media buying as a whole? So, you know, we, you know, you spoke a little bit about kind of like the Emirates ads. We know that 13% of mobile gamers play on the, whilst on the way to work. Mm -hmm. So are we building in kind of mobile gaming targeting into our activation strategies when we're trying to engage with audiences? It's, un, you know, it's un, essentially unpaused advertising. So the, the user can't skip it. So you're getting that 100% reach into that audience where and 100% penetration. So that's again, it's just all, all it is, is just being clever and being innovative with our thinking um, and thinking outside the box. If we know that these major platforms are giving us kind of head scratching moments, now those aren't weaknesses, they're just reasons to take care. Yeah. And that's simply, you know, okay. the, the platform, those platforms still have their strengths. And it really frustrates me when I go on media buying groups or look at the news and you can see death of Facebook pass over well, Facebook. You know, <laughs> this is an easy, easy headline. That's clickbait if I've ever, ever heard it. Yeah. Look at, the meta, look at the metaverse and what they're trying to achieve there. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. living in Ready Player One within 15 years. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it's not a weakness. It's a remember to take care. And how do you counterweight that? And you can counterweight that with innovative media buying and innovative, innovative, innovative thinking around it. Absolutely. And it's actually talking about the metaverse. I think I shared something on LinkedIn yesterday or the day before, which was one of the, you know, it's the marketoonist who does cartoons about marketing and, um, and, uh, basically had someone with a headset on, but then you had these pop-up boxes, which is like in front of that person, which is buy a product now, buy a product now or sign up or subscribe. And I kind of, I made the point is like, you know, really, you know, it's a classic thing of taking a new new platform and applying very old and outdated techniques to it. And actually the product is the last thing you should be thinking about when you mm. go onto something in, in like the metaverse. And actually the same applies for any, any platform you're on is that is that actually you, know, you need to be, yes, of course you need to be thinking about what you're selling, what you're offering. Um, but if you're gonna do something on Twitch, for example, <laughs> You know, we're reaching someone on, you know, any mobile gaming platform, you know, you've got to go, right, so is, is just a 
a well put together headline mm-hmm. that is connected with gaming going and make sure that you know it's going to encourage people to then you know apply for a job with a with a bank that needs <laughs> tech talent you know it's no not really you know they they might but you know you really it really makes you think about okay well what yeah what's the field i'm playing in right now <laughs> and how can i play in it in the most relevant way and, and that, that's when media buyers will come into their own because they'll have that that really broad understanding and okay, but a really nice example at the moment is um i don't know if you come across the ozone projects where kind of if you took traditional media buying <clears throat> back in the i guess like 80s 90s before i was born an age caveat there but you know um, where you you know you do a lot of traditional media do a lot of traditional media buying though the likes of the times the guardian ft have grouped together going no we want to take that space back we want to own that space no longer are we letting kind of dsps place ads on our behalf we are controlling that space now now what that means is that those guys have unparalleled access to one of the highest first party data networks in the country right? <laughs> yeah. it's not just premium publishers that they own you know you've got the, the local regional publishers as well um and that, a number of other kind of networks so if we're thinking about placements and you know how to talk to our audiences these guys over here are, are being really really intelligent with it because they're owning that space it's premium you know that you know with you know product- got to otherwise they won't survive you know yeah, and you know, you know that it's in a safe space as well, where you know, historically, you know, pro- I know programmatic buying causes a lot of headaches with you know, placements, next explicit content, and the rest of it. You've got yeah. to be so, so careful. Um, <clears throat> so it's essentially premium whitelisting in the Guardian and the Times. Yeah. And what they allow, what allow you to do as a as a client is to use all those different data points they have, where say you're trying to talk to early careers audience that's also interested in tech they can piece all those dots together because they own the intellectual property they they own all that digital property around it so why not yeah as i i I worked at way of doing um, it i worked at time inc as it was called at the time now future um but massive media titles like enemy and madly claire and Wilson hound all sorts and uh there was that very much that emphasis on on that kind of premium network mm. and selling that premium network and you know their subscribers you know that the eyeballs of their audiences as it was you know packages being premium and you know nothing else will be there apart from apart from your brand so it's you know and that goes down to the thing about about really then thinking yeah, thinking about the arena you're in and making sure that content is right because if you know you've got that premium network you go right well what can we do to make sure we are you know earning their attention we could we could chat for much much longer uh, i really really enjoyed it but um yeah thanks thanks very much for your time um Absolutely and pleasure. um maybe we get get another episode and we could talk about all sorts of things like <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, programmatic and you know the role of humans in in ad buying and ad optimization my goodness but um yeah for, for the for the point of this episode let's leave, leave it for now but so yeah thanks very much have a good rest of the day and uh and um yeah enjoy enjoy the sunny wales yeah costa del wales at the moment so <laughs> lovely uh, yeah. i hope it holds up <laughs> yeah, thanks josh take care my pleasure. pleasure thanks so much
Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the chat. If you did, feel free to subscribe to get future episodes and please do share the podcast with others. It really does make a difference.